Welcome to Sintalk. The Sintalkers around the table today discuss the workings of clocks. We'll think about clocks and its evolution and mechanisms. What exactly is a clock? Is time merely an output of clocks? Do body clocks of plants and animals have a genetic basis? Do trees go to sleep? How do networks keep time? Are all clocks eventually physically anchored? Are the internal clocks externally synchronized? Is there a link between solar and atomic time? What is the ultimate anchor clock if there is one? Is there a limit to how precise clocks can be? How can say one standard second be made? Is a clock-free paradigm possible and what is the future of clocks and therefore our experience and understanding of time? We are pleased and privileged to have three and talkers with us here today. Dr. Shubhadeep Dey is from the Time and Frequency Division in NPL. Professor S Arun Kumar is a professor of computer science at IIT Delhi. And Professor Vinod Kumar is a professor of zoology at University of Delhi. So Vinod, why don't you set the ball rolling with you? Um, it feels at a very laymanish level that there are all kind of rhythms in life. Uh, we have a pulse rate, we have a rate at which our heart beats. There is a certain frequency with which the sun rises every day uh, in most parts of the world, and so on and so on and so on. Are all of them related in some way, or how 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 non-correlated or correlated are they? What is it like and what is the notion of a clock for a biologist? Where do you come in? Why is it exciting for you? Life arose around two point five billion years ago, and it it arose on the um, planet Earth, be it in water or be it on terrestrial environment, mm-hmm. and the environment uh, there itself was periodic. Now, environment was periodic. Environment was periodic, right? Now, the the life itself has inherent property being cyclic. Mm-hmm. It has to make a choice. It mm-hmm. has to make a choice to be in the environment and choose a good friend, which can be really reliable. Uh-huh. And it turned out to be that there was a friend sunrise and sunset timing day and night mm-hmm. because day and night not only controls the light and darkness it does control the temperature and as a result rainfall as a result humidity and ultimately food production right now life is built around only two things one is finding a good food 
and the second one is finding a good mate. Right. Now, both of this cannot be successfully done unless the life or animal or plant, uh, they are able to find the the potential food or the potential mate. And here, now there is dichotomy. They had to be living in the environment, so they, are, they have to be in sync with the environment. And in phase with the environment in some way. In sync. And sync to be in right life. phase with the environment. Sure. And therefore, we have different types of rhythms. And we define circadian rhythm, which is... About a day. About or, a day. Right. Circadian rhythm, about a year. Right. And so on and so forth. Are there circadian rhythms in biological systems? Yeah. It's like flowering of plants or... Well, flowering of plants. And most of us are annual, even humans. <laughs> so if you take a sample, let's say, uh, of a larger um, um, number of humans sitting anywhere, and you ask them what is your uh, month of birth, significantly higher number of people would be born uh, between um, June and December. Um, regardless of the latitude we are talking about, and if you if you think them that... Uh, 270 days before they would be conceived that was that will uh, you know ultimately uh, say so humans are also seasonal that's the point I was trying to right, say right so, uh, so that I think that's well understood so I mean, are a lot of these related Vinod um, how related are they how strongly correlated are they where are you on that yeah so there are there are types of clock which are which are inside our body for example neuronal firing heart rate respiratory so on and so forth and they are not quite linked with the any exogenous world mm -hmm. but there are other types of rhythms or clocks which we call them circadian and circadian so you can relate with them but they are not consequence of of uh, environment so for example our heartbeat yeah. what is it a consequence of can can one derive the frequency of heartbeats from something no they, it, it is generated internally and and it has no correlate in the environment per se and is that a strict enough position it, it is a strict enough position because sure. because it, it it has to sustain body peristaltic movement of our gut right a respiratory cycle so each cell to say has its own clock and that's that's autonomous that's independent and also uh, so in a strict speaking they are correlated and they are not correlated mm -hmm. so correlated in the sense for example the clock in the brain is is correlated with the clock, clock in the liver but then the clock is in liver is also autonomous of the brain clock so in what sense are they correlated yeah so in the correlated means there would be always a phase relationship between the way uh, between the uh, clock in the brain and the clock in the liver, mm -hmm. uh, but if you if you take out the liver and put in it petridis of an anim animal, it is still uh, keeps on ticking and telling and secreting all the enzymes and all the other other um, secretions in a timed manner. So it is it is there. So then, would it be fair to say that both the brain and the liver? are in turn in phase with something else or is that not the case are the, these are more or less autonomous by themselves they they are autonomous by themselves um mm. and 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 the reason is because they they experimentally you can show the dissociation mm -hmm. between them mm 
so they are autonomous but they at the body level they have to talk to each other and correlate so that yeah, so in sense i said that aspect. communication has to be there so they are correlated right because otherwise uh, otherwise we wouldn't be doing and that what precisely happens once we go somewhere we fly from here bombay to san francisco so where liver clock is somewhere else brain clock is somewhere else <laughs> and then intestine clock is somewhere else so we are kind of so clock is still ticking and telling right but they are all the they clocks go out are of phase a little they, bit they go out of of out of phase each other and we have a lot of problems what is your world like shubhadeep so the atomic clock i mean do these things make any sense at all so for example you know you work with cesium fountain clocks and cesium clocks and things of that nature so one specific cesium atom or a bunch of cesium atoms are they in phase with something or again they're somewhat autonomous yeah right so let me start with this thing so what was continuation to the previous discussion see the master clock among all these things apart from like whether it is biological clock or electronic clock or at atomic clock it's a solar system the sun rises in the morning and sun sets in the evening and the one solar day is about 24 hours that is the master clock but what it, it it seems a little difficult to wrap one's head around that right because for example there is probably a cesium atom in some other solar system as well and you know there the rate of rotation and revolution and all that is something else yeah but so, but presumably the cesium atom is the same so yeah so now in order to get a uh, fundamental clock a cesium mm-hmm. or an atomic clock is very good compared to the solar clock like the you was pointed out if you go to any other planet then probably the solar time or solar uh, day is different exactly. wherever if you take a cesium atom from this planet to some other planet it's a still same cesium atom so within a very small perturbation it stays the clock frequency stays exactly same so right. that's why it's more uh, fundamental and uh, independent from anything else in nature that's why atomic clocks are very important to relate the a uh, solar clock to something else and there is uh, something different between a biological system and a physical system then you have something to say yeah so first i will uh, say that that's for biology is concerned solar clock is not the master clock right. the reason i'm saying that if you put any species away from the solar system it keeps on ticking and telling its own time and that experiment has been done what right do you mean from, by away from solar system so you put if you put in a room which has no access of time and uh, you know in any way is still the the plants or the animals keep on doing the same thing which they they, they will sleep at this you know at a time wake up at the time so if you put a plant in a dark yeah. room yeah so they will the keep on they will somewhere. keep on um, moving their leaf up and down exactly so this this was done in 18th century mm-hmm. uh, and in 1938 even the scientist himself went into the cave to demonstrate that he would you know keep on sleeping and waking uh, for a longer time uh, you know for many days even if he has not the scene does that kind of a relationship break down in a long period of time now no, it doesn't. one might sustain that in a in a few it, days it, and it, weeks no no it doesn't it can, it can at least has been demonstrated that it can run several week the only thing is that then the biological clock runs at its own speed that means if it is let's say 24.5 hours or 25 hours so each day the the species or the animal or the human is measuring you know 25 hours as one day instead of 24 hours right so the the humans for instance need sunrise and sunset kind of to to keep it with the societal day 
so right. that everybody in sync to keep all of us in phase with in, each other in phase with each other but for example this example of 24 hours gradually becoming 25 so is there a gradual drift yeah. or no every day if it is the same so every day you wake up a little later little later little later little later so what will happen in in 24 days you get, you just lose one day right because you are measuring one day more right. and this is precisely what what happens when we age if if we our clock a little get shorter shorter so we count a little more than what one bit and then each individual and species they have their own time interesting so, so we'll, they, we'll get to that we will yeah. we'll get to that does any of this make sense to you arun kumar yeah. like from a computational standpoint obviously the notion of clock the notion of time yeah so is different but we have brought up notions of phase we brought up notion of uh, there being some kind of a master clock so for example are all computer networks computer systems do they need a master clock what is it like yeah actually uh, every computer by itself does have its own hardware clock and uh, but these clocks do experience a certain amount of drift but are they autonomous yeah every machine has its own little clock and that is autonomous mm-hmm. they are all autonomous clocks but however when you have a network of systems um there is this basic question of during communication you expect that there is a certain causality relation that a message or a packet cannot be received before it is sent right so so there is just a to ensure that causality in the before and after you require the clocks in all these various systems to be synchronized you require some common notion of time Which is like the universal coordinated time, and uh, so, so these so these the machines actually have to run a protocol to ensure that they do not drift too much apart. All the hardware clocks do drift. There's a certain amount of drift, usually of the order of a few microseconds. But that those microseconds, if not checked, can accumulate right to milliseconds, and then a little bit like the example right, that Vinod right. was talking about. They're exactly yeah. like that. Right. So what you for so all these machines in a network actually would have to frequently uh correct themselves by talking to the each other so that they actually maintain a certain kind of And how does that work? There are fairly complex protocols. Uh so one is that uh, actually the 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 main protocol now that is used is something known as the uh ntp version 4 ntp stands for the network time protocol mm-hmm. so you have uh, a system of clocks all over the world let's say cesium clocks or gps clocks or whatever mm-hmm. which so so, so that is the, that is the physical anchoring right of for the network right and you have network you have time servers connected to all these clocks right and that they form the stratum 1 of the of the universal coordinated time or utc and you have servers connected to these servers and you have a hierarchy of such servers so currently the network time protocol allows a hierarchy depth of about 15 and if you are in depth 16 it's assumed that you are out of sync with everybody right right so what these do is they actually have some idea of they run some 
initial messages between each other and is there some kind of a feedback from the so called yeah, yeah. network so, time to the to the individual machine or the individual that's right, that's right. so each of each machine each of these network time servers actually serve time to their clients right. so let's let's not worry about the clients now right so let's worry about the uh, 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 time server in a certain network mm-hmm. so it communicates with a few network time servers of a higher stratum mm-hmm. to and also it calculates i mean they they pass messages to calculate what would be the round trip delays mm-hmm. and based on the round trip delays each of these let's say at stratum n uh they communicate with a bunch of uh, clocks in uh, stratum n minus 1 and they get their time they account for the round trip delays and then they correct their time accordingly right then they have to communicate with each other to ensure that they are not too different from each other as far as the their calculation of the universal coordination time is so these network time protocols keep running frequently from every network so usually most local area networks would have one network time server which will actually coord- uh, which will actually communicate and what's the frequency of coordination usually so these they, i know they, these are protocols so they, you can change them but yeah yeah but so they keep polling every few hours actually sure but they also need to take need to be fault tolerant in a certain way i mean time i mean servers can go down including network time servers right uh, so some servers can be wildly off the mark in which case they have to be discarded as outliers right so the the protocol That's is right it's a polling mechanism so there's a polling mechanism and a certain certain kind of consensus uh, which usually works out to an accuracy of about uh, a few uh, a few tens of milliseconds so these are computing the, environments but presumably in the physical ones or the biological ones as well they must be the equivalent of this master time server that's right maybe in your case as the cesium Yeah, actually, uh, see the CZM is the primary frequency standard or time standards, mm-hmm. which is connected to the UTC, as he was uh, rightly pointed out. Right. But then the CZM, every places or every computer cannot have a CZM clock. First. So then this primary time, which is maintained, is get uh, uh, gets disseminated to the lower levels through the NTP. One way is the NTP, or there are also other ways like PTP and so on. and as you go so how many how many cesium clocks are there in the world uh, there? more than 400 cesium clocks right so these and are there are about like 12 to 15 fountain clocks right yeah so now as you go to lower and lower level of the stratums ntp stratums or ptp stratums your accuracy becomes lower and lower yeah and again just to be clear shubhadeep they for example these 400 odd cesium clocks and so on do they have anything to do with the solar time or that is yeah, right. totally incidental no 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 they have to do they are so the atomic clocks they are independent of the solar times they maintain the utc mm. sorry actually all the atomic clocks they first produce tai mm-hmm. international atomic time mm-hmm. which is nothing to do with the solar clock of course then uh, they get a uh, it's called epoch so the, from the international earth rotation society iers they keeps track of the solar time they produce an epoch and so that's they, like just establishing an anchor that this time yeah, is this, 12 pm gmt right, right, right. something and like that and this date so they get triggered so then this uh, uh, ti gets triggered and then ti maintains the uh, actual date and time but then there is another factor it's called the leap second 
so this international Which is that adjustment every right sure. right right once in a while in typically in every 6 months to one year you have to adjust this ti little bit with respect to the earth's rotation that also changes evolves slowly hmm. and then the ti produces utc Hmm. then the utc is actually in phase with the solar time so at some level uh, arun kumar all the computing systems are anchored in this yes yes physical they have system. to be anchored now obviously the physical there is system. this uh, that's hmm. That's right. right. That's that's so, interesting. So cesium is not the only source now. There's GPS. There's no, microwave. Actually, there are optical. Uh, he works on optical, yeah. for example. So, so. actually, uh, the uh, in international system of unit we call it ISI units. In SI units, the time is defined with respect to cesium atoms. So one cannot change anything beyond it at this point. So cesium is the primary frequency standards. There are many other secondary frequency standards which could be even accurate compared to the primary standards like the optical clocks are much more accurate compared to the primary standard but still they are not the primary standard but is there a limit to how accurate uh, clocks can be theoretically the limit goes to the quantum mechanics that is the schrodinger's uh, uncertainty principle which is like 10 to the power minus 34 inch gets to planck's time and so right on. but that is limited at this moment the achievable limit is limited by the technology available mm. and at this moment the best Uh, accurate time is on the order of 10 to the power minus 18 the fractional uncertainty right. and in layman's language that means one second inaccuracy over the age of the universe that is like 14 billion years that's that's pretty that's, good that that's like <laughs> well depends what you want to do like for right. example if you want to do some uh, astronomical fundamental science it's not even good right for example the electron to proton mass ratio right. it's probably not a constant Right. according to the uh, relativity and all these principles and in order to measure that thing 10 to the power minus 18 is not even good so we need a better clock in order to measure the number what is the inaccuracy of this temporal constancy of the fundamental constants however if you want to look for the communications the present communication systems or computing systems that much better compared to what we need at this moment so we know the the master clock question there is no master clock in well we believed that the brain clock is a master clock hmm. um and the re- reason was that when we didn't know that the clock exists in other tissues and uh, the network system which uh, professor arun kumar was talking does exist in the brain so all 20000 neurons which are producing or generating the time they they are they still they have their independent timing but then they produce together after talking to each other so, so again that's some kind of a polling mechanism is there some uh, kind of averaging that happens there what happens yeah so there's some kind of averaging happens and there is a chemistry involved and the uh, there are receptor mechanism involved mm-hmm. that's that has been figured out now so they they all talk to each other and then they come it come about a time which is the individual's time right and and in that sense we we think that that served as a master clock but when the all sort of experiments are being done now the consensus is that each tissue has its own timing but then they interact and then the brain uh, clock kind of supervises them if within quote i say right so some people say well master clock the concept of the master clock is not there other people argue well as long as still the hypothalamic clock is there and it has got a supremacy uh, to it we will we'll call it as a master clock 
So master clock in that sense is a brain clock, but even skin cell has their its own clock, liver has its own clock, most body has its own clock. So, but um, I was just trying to... Um, and you were beginning to make that point a little while ago that different organisms have different clock cycles. Yeah, so different, it's, it's kind of different organisms have different and different individuals have their own own clocks mm. and own time so your body clock would be different from mine little bit yes because mm. because and this is a pretty practical uh, observation you can do if you are living 20 people in the same you know uh, um, flat and you see how what is the waking time and what is the sleeping time and the rest of the other things so there there is slight difference are computers similar no i was just wondering about uh Computers are not that similar because they have their individual clocks and now right. you have actually an artifact. It's a man-made artifact which allows for a distributed computation of, right. let's say, universal coordinated time. But um, from what Professor Vinod Kumar is saying, it's reasonable to assume that somehow there is something in the brain which functions as the master clock for the organism at least. Yeah, but, uh, but what about what about those organisms who doesn't have the brain? Exactly. So, for so, example, <laughs> plants and trees. I mean, yeah. I was wondering so, about. So they all have the clock. And it's probably also bacteria? function of the function that you speak of. So not all functions so, are controlled solely so by the brain. That is where each cell has its own clock. Hmm. Yeah, each cell has. Its each cell has its own dependent clock. Not the brain has, but 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 these are the ten thousand, twenty about eighteen to twenty thousand neurons, which are clustered together at a site in the brain. What site is that? And that's a hypothalamus. Sure, sure. So, so they they are there, and they 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 because they are at a position where they receive the light through retina. Mm. So, so that is how the the they get synchronized to the solar system or to the light phase. So there are photoreceptors involved. Right? Yes. Right. So, the so yeah, and the, the photoreceptors also. Um, it's very interesting that the mammals. Would only have the access by eyes, mm. but other animals are so blessed that they have multiple photoreceptors at different sites, and the plant do have the photoreceptors. We, we know for a longer time, so uh, so they they and th that's the region that they can use get use of of the energy, we, because we all need to remember that whatever we are talking about, whether physical clock or biological clock. It's energy-based system. What's the source of energy in your clocks, in cesium clocks? Because eventually, if you just leave a cesium there, eventually you need to excite it. Right. So is so that the, is that trivial or complex? What, what happens there? Well, yeah. So, so every atom has different energy levels. Mm. Yeah, like hydrogen has, we have learned it from the hydrogen. So for cesium, uh, the outermost electron, that's called valence electron, stays in the uh, ground level. If you want to excite it to the first excited state, you need to have 9.2 gigahertz frequency or energy corresponding to that frequency. That's and in that's the microwave. So that is the source of energy for cesiums. For example, if you go to the optical clock, you need an energy in the optical regime. For example, in yttrium ion that we are working, that is in the 467 nanometer. Right. And uh, how sharp is this? Do you need that specific frequency? Would a little higher or lower excited? Uh, what happens? See, anything cannot be very exactly specific because of the quantum mechanics. Mm. So there are always probability. Mm. So there is an always distribution law. Mm. So, but in order to make an accurate clock, you have to choose a transition or you have to choose a frequency which is very sharp, as sharp as it is possible. Mm. 
फॉर एग्जाम्पल लाइक फॉर इटरबियम क्लॉक द ऑप्टिकल क्लॉक द शार्पनेस इज जीरो पॉइंट थ्री नैनो हर्च इटरबियम Uh, is not in the first column right so that has a much more complicated structure right right and when you say cesium clocks help us picture it what does it look like i mean obviously you don't have just one cesium atom uh you probably have several and of yeah, course right. these are so mm-hmm. what does it look like how 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 complex is it is it like a wristwatch is it is it like a car so um, in order i mean just to give you an idea of the size of a commercial cesium clock it's size of a typical cpu of a computer mm-hmm. on that order mm-hmm. uh, but that's the cesium clock which uses hot atoms hot means atoms which are at slightly above the room temperature 60 degree centigrade or around that however these clocks are accurate to 10 to the power minus 14 range right now there are cesium fountain clocks which are also the the same principle like the same cesium atoms but in that case those cesium atoms are cooled to micro kelvin temperatures mm-hmm. 100 of micro kelvin temperature that means almost a 0 degree kelvin and there many of the systematic effects like doppler shift and all those things becomes very much negligible so the quantum effects are more right, subdued right right so then you are so in the more the quantum source of energy there uh, shobhadeep what happens there because eventually you need to excite the atom yeah so the source of energy is still microwave that's the, this 9.2 gigahertz that is not changing i mean this cesium either you cool it or you heat it or you take it to the other planet that energy is fixed what about that's organisms we know that live in so there must be organisms living in very 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 cold climates obviously so the biological clocks are temperature compensated they are mm-hmm. not temperature independent because it's biochemistry right but they are temperature compensated mm-hmm. um, so their q10 value ranges from 0.8 to 1.2 mm-hmm. so with 10 degree t- change in temperature nothing is going to change because otherwise if we go to uh, let's say at the mountains our clock will become slower and once we go to the hotter areas it become faster then having that clock is purely useless right so the there is a temperature compensation mechanism and and by that mechanism the animal tries to maintain the same uh, time where regardless wherever it goes so, so i think the question put another way yeah. is that uh, you know for example the cesium clocks that ashobadeep is talking about they have a certain kind of precision but at the super molecular level within yeah. living organisms and so on yeah. is it So when you visualize a clock, is it something like a hardware, or because it seems like there's a genetic basis as yeah, well? Yeah, so. there is genetic basis, and 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 we we bear mind that biological word cannot be a physical word and should not be a physical word. It it cannot be so precise. It has to have a flexibility. So th- that is why it's always approximately, mm-hmm. and that is it's not exactly. So there is nothing exact in biology. It's always 
approximation because it gives us flexibility. Now, the way they are generated, there are set of molecules or genes and they are transcribed and then translated. Then the protein is degraded. It goes back. It again, it checks its own um, transcription. There are other proteins which are involved. So now, depending upon the species, we, we know right from 3 to 12 molecules which are very essential. Right. Depends upon which, which taxa we are talking about. Right. And, and they, they are, it's, we call it auto-regulatory feedback mechanism. Mm -hmm. So the time they take to complete one cycle, the interval uh, which, which is taken to complete one cycle is the time of that particular individual or the particular species. So in a species, there is a range within which they are fixed. And, but by and large, if you talk about the daily clock, roughly theoretically, we say 24 plus minus 3 hours. Although you will have example 20 plus minus 4 hours. Because that's our limit how much we can adjust to the uh, physical clock or physical world. That means solar cycle, 24 hour. So yes, they have the genetic basis. So eventually it's some kind of a form of adapting to the environment and obviously staying in phase in some ways. And obviously as organisms yeah. develop, there's an internal organization. And, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting that the biological clocks have been evolved or evolution is only as an adaptation. Right. They are not responsible for a process. Right. They only give time to the process. They are the out. Yeah, they are the output of the process in a way. They, they can be derived from the process. The process takes that amount of time. No, so what, I'm, what I was trying to say that any function will keep on happening regardless whether we have a good biological clock or bad biological clock. Mm -hmm. The only thing it will happen, it will not happen precisely in time or in sync with the environment. That's mm -hmm. what will happen. So, you know, regardless wherever, how bad our clock is, we will still keep on doing. And one good example is the people who are really blind. Mm -hmm. Those, the people who, who's reti who have retinal degeneration. Those people still live, but they don't live very long. Mm -hmm. They are not as good in, 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 in reproduction as mm -hmm. the other, other people are. But they, they can perform their own function. But they they are they become very irregular. Right. So the biological clock is essential. To maintain regularity. To maintain the timing with in the our, environment. Right. Yeah. And to space out different functions whenever they are desired to happen. That's so interesting. So in the computing systems, for example, Arun Kumar, is there a way of conceiving of it without the notion of clocks? Yeah, yeah. There didn't used to be clocks originally. I mean, the, um, I mean, the, the first notion... Of and not the just first, a standalone computer. Uh, yeah, but let's but first even, talk even about standalone computers. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, before, um, before the Unix operating system came, the concept of a clock was not considered very important. I mean, it, it was... It may have been there in some IBM machines, it may have been there in some deck wax machines and so on, but it was not an integral part of uh, the computer originally. Though there were frequency generators already available, which but did not they did not actually take those take those signals uh, for the purpose of clocking. So was that? But a what what well, does happen hmm, hmm. in the case of hardware, digital hardware? is that a lot of functions of even the basic digital systems can only be, need to be triggered 
by a pulse by an electrical pulse so you mean you mean it they you mean that there's a need for energy you mean it in that sense no no there's a need for a timing that's a, so so for example you take even a very simple uh, uh, memory element like an rs latch mm-hmm. uh if the if the you know the, there are there are there are states there are some states called metastable states which you do not want the circuit to go into mm-hmm. and ultimately all those circuit elements are actually analog so if yeah, eventually eventually it's wires and cables right. and transistors so, yeah so but if you don't want it to go into a particular state that can be avoided by pre- making a clock pulse available at a periodic level so that those transitory phenomena which are analog phenomena are masked and a final stable state is reached and that is propagated so at the very basic digital hardware level also a clock pulse was necessary in order to ensure that these circuits worked uh, correctly it did not go into strange transitionary you know transient states which might affect the functioning of the entire machine so there was a notion of a clock pulse always there mm. but it was not seriously taken as a coordinator i mean as some as some signal that is required uh till of course something like the unix operating system came so it, up it, it almost seems like the notion and need for the notion of frequency or periodicity is more important than the notion of time as we think of that's it, right so more see, generally speaking see you you take any analog process um, the you you change the voltage to a circuit mm-hmm. from 0 to 5 there is a response time of that circuit mm-hmm. based on the material on which it is made right whether it's silicon or gallium arsenide and uh, you want that transitory states to be as short as possible as short as possible yeah and only a final stable state to be visible yeah and that's what the clock did actually yeah in certain cases what will happen so so every hardware circuit had its own clock pulse mm. a digital circuit just so that's what distinguishes an analog circuit from a digital circuit there's a clock pulse which triggers it how difficult is synchronization so how difficult is it for network systems to maintain time i know you kind of described how yeah so it might actually happen and what the underlying notions so, are so so the the art, is it almost impossible well uh so so at the level of networks what you're assuming is that all these machines are working at their own asynchronous clock le- uh, they have their own notions of time but what you do need to ensure is that certain causal phenomena like if i send a message now it reaches a recipient then the time at which it reaches the recipient should be greater than the time at which i sent because all messages are being sent asynchronously but again here the notion of time that you use is a little bit of an artifact it's an artifact so yeah. then you need to come up with an artifact called time and that's then that right. label of time and the has label to be of a time. higher number or whatever I that's mean, so right it's, it's so th- so so originally all you required for network systems was a notion of counting which ent- counted messages that's all you required as time but now it has become a little more complicated because now we do remote access we do uh, file changing remotely and so on and so forth you don't want the new version of the file to have a lower timestamp than the 
old version of the file you move files around the act of moving uh, itself can create things uh, can create changes and it can put your entire distributed file system in a mess for example So, so it's more it's more a business of state keeping you know yeah, what is a, at what state so yeah, time keeping just becomes a way of state. yeah that's state right state keeping so and uh, but you know the whole point is all this presupposes the notion of a time a notion oh, of a time is, unit is that do you think so yeah it does actually it do does do you think so it doesn't seem like because it um one is coming up with the notion of time to do something but does it presuppose the notion of time i don't know yeah i think it because you're assuming that if there is causality then there is time if there is state change then there is a notion of time the question of measuring what exactly is a period a unit period is a different matter altogether but if there were no state changes in the universe so in a way in a way this whole we are going to the notion of simultaneity right if yes yeah, simultaneity is because another because the moment you have the notion of simultaneity of the notion of same time that's two right. different processes two different systems or something to same that effect same time instant yeah that's right hmm. so you you do have that but uh, the actually the, the 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 question of in the case of networks was basically the fact that somehow all systems had to agree to a common notion of time otherwise there would be confusion in the network so i think the question is and it's probably a very difficult one is that is the notion of time the way in which we're using it is it a necessity do we need to come up with it to communicate with whatever for computer systems biological entities to communicate with each other yeah, or is it fundamental but you know i think we'll probably leave that for some philosophers why should one even bother about finer and finer um resolution of time shubhadeep why why should you make that journey from 10 pa minus 16 10 pa minus 18 to closer to 10 pa minus 30 or 34 so one thing is the technological development as we go further and further the technology is being developed further and further which requires more accurate and accurate time systems the other side is exploring fundamental science so uh, let me just explain the first on the technology for example like uh, the 2g communications technology that requires uh, i don't know the exact number but let's say uh, like micro microsecond time accuracy but if you go to the higher like 3g 4g 5g that means your clock speed is actually increasing mm-hmm. a similar thing is like uh, a computer which is processor which is 1 gigahertz speed or 2 gigahertz speed and something like that if you go to higher and higher frequency you need much precise and precise timing systems so that requires more accurate timing systems if you want to play say and how are higher frequency systems different from lower frequency systems what exactly actually now what has happened no higher frequency systems means that the i think one knows what s- it means but uh, this no this uh, the speed of switching is is is, yeah. is, is more faster. frequent is faster. much faster so so you actually till you, you recently can, you can encapsulate a wider range of states you effectively it's like higher bandwidth or something right like yeah right. effectively it's like higher bandwidth that's right but um, off late the the technology more things can be done in the same amount of time the same Now, amount again, of time that's right we, we are jumping around a little bit so that means hmm. you have to break the time into much finer parts if you want to do more amount of things in a much in the same time right and uh, let me give you another example like the communication systems uh, in the uh, like we all know the google 
maps right yeah so we use google maps to locate some positions Mm-hmm. and typically like if you use google maps you will see that the positions are more or less accurate within hundreds of meters right right so now nobody can pinpoint you to this exact location on this exact yeah if chair, you want to do yeah. that then you need much more finer time stampings much more accurate accuracy in the time just to give you a number like 1 second is related to light of the speed that is 3 into 10 to the power 8 meter per second so that means 1 nanosecond corresponds to 0.3 uh, meter One nanosecond is point three meter. Three into ten. Sorry, point three centimeter. Mm. Right. So if you go to a one nanosecond accuracy level, that means you can reach to a position accuracy of point three meter. Mm. But since the present technology is, let's say, around hundreds of nanometers, so you can decide some positions on the order of hundred meter hundreds accuracy. Hundreds of meters. Yeah. 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 So in general, this is good enough for most of our purpose. But still there are uh, examples where it is not good enough for example like let's say flight wants to take off or l- wants to land mm-hmm. yeah during these two periods we know that it runs in the manual mode mm-hmm. and during the flight most of it it is like autopilot mode because they are tens of meters or hundreds of meter doesn't matter but if a runway is about yeah, uh, like let's say 25 meters, meters or 30 wide, meters then the it's autopilot not enough, it's not or? precise enough at this moment So if you can reach to the like nanosecond or few nanosecond level, then you don't need to rely on a pilot. It can be everything can be autopilot mode. But but you know an eagle is able to soap down from very very high levels and get to the exact target, which is super specific. So it seems like somehow as biological entities, animals have. It seems like it's very difficult to design machines which have this kind of precision in a fully automated way. Uh, you, you you want to have a servo loop in this case so as you go down like as the eagle comes down and down it has to correct himself to reach to the fi- final <laughs> position no no that, that that's actually true it's a control system problem right you need a feedback control system so that the eagle can adjust its thing uh, adjust its trajectory right. and its velocity appropriately and feedback control systems will work only as fast as the clocks you can and the precision of the clocks that you can provide them What's the what's the highest frequency of biological clocks? Yes, yeah, so I mean, this, you, you know where we're getting at. We're trying to establish the granularity at which these clocks operate. Yeah, Now, I mean, one is the our, physical our, question. Our neuron frequencies, I think, uh, is the I I I can't recall exactly, but it's in milliseconds. So that's that's still very coarse. Now, now the disc. So the 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 discussion which we had. So I'll I'll just make a little light comment and then I will come yes. to your question. Yes, you're welcome. So if <laughs> if uh, somebody asks me that what is time, if somebody doesn't ask me what is time, I'm very certain that I know what is time. The moment somebody asks me, <laughs> I'm very pretty certain that I don't know it. And there is a famous paper in 1930s written by Dr. Einstein, mm-hmm. theory of relativity. That's early 1900s, right? 19 yeah 1930s or something mm-hmm. so i can't remember the journal uh, but uh, so there he has written he has given two examples one is standing or sitting on a hot stove and the other was talking to your girlfriend <laughs> and so that's what we are talking about when we talk about time <laughs> the sure. same same way when you talk about the eagle now biological clocks are not involved in eagles finding you know in the in, in that particular function now that's separate we call that interval clocks now interval clocks interval timing has nothing to do with the biological timing mm-hmm. because they even the decision is taken by a different center in the brain what are interval that, clocks 
that 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 the interval time how how many seconds i will take to reach mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. or you know I, you have 5 minutes you should finish your food mm-hmm. so this is this this is decided by diencephalon the thalamus region mm-hmm. not the hypothalamus region so there is a whole set of very different mechanism it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with biological clock because that is not adaptive per se right and that's not very genetically determined right because and they need not to be operating all the time whereas the biological clock whether we happy or we are sad they are running they right. never stop because they are for physiological functions yeah that's that because that's they have to organize I mean, the blood has to pump a bunch of things have right? to happen because we can't stop our breathing right yeah and we when we breathe we don't eat so we eat we don't breathe right we can't stop our heart when we are eating or breathing both the time right we can't ask our intestine or elementary canal not to do the work or we can't our so therefore biological clocks are separate from these internal clocks because so would you say that biological clocks are only for autonomous functions they are they are for auton- they are autonomous they themselves are autonomous they are generated independently but they talk to each other mm. within the body mm. and they also have the capability to interact with the outside world Yeah. Otherwise, and and they are not as fast as quantum clocks, or we're talking about. Because if we fly and we go to westwards, so we have a capability. At the most, we can adjust one hour per day. Mm. We are very anxious. We are very excited. We think that we have adjusted, mm. but we adjust. So if we we fly to the west coast of U USA, it's thirteen and a half hour difference. Ideally, we should be living living there for two weeks. if we want to be in optimal state right most of us can't you know go for such a long time so we live with that whatever uh, and we compromise right so and that our pilots and everybody experiences that so the, the, those people who fly so the limited point i was trying to make that do 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 pilots experience jet lag they must yeah they they do, they do they do experience uh, uh, jet lags and uh, it's very uh, you may have noticed that most of the flights from westwards to this country they land only at night mm. because it's their day time mm. they they also leave at night it's their day time mm. but we we have to adjust the slot the way we want so we don't care right <laughs> but but you see you 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 see there and you will you will have that that they always fly during their day time so actually what he said about that interval clock is that it's really not a clock it's what in technology would be called a feedback control system right the the eagle actually keeps correcting its position at every point very much like a pilot keeps correcting his position as he comes to land or take off so it's not a clock at all it's just a control system which is which gets triggered at certain times uh, of need yeah we we call it interval timer because clock has to operate it's called so as he says that the decision is taken and then you accordingly you change your you know that interval that i have to do this and that and so on and so forth so is there uh, is there some kind of a limit to how granular clocks can be yeah they, they, like for example we are evolving beings and you know uh, obviously so to begin with do all organisms have uh, have clocks 
all, they do. All organisms. All organisms. So anything living has a clock inside it. All living organisms have a clock inside. All it. you know, bacteria, you know, fungi or trees or animals or humans. Everyone has a clock. Unicellular, multicellular, vertebrate, invertebrate. It's a cell property. It's a cell property. Yeah. Now that clock at a molecular level is it the same? Is it the very similar? The principle is the same. The principle is the same. But the molecule itself is it the same? Is it uh, identical? Is it they, nearly identical? They are analogous. Mm-hmm. They are analogous, but they are not identical. So, for for instance, in in Drosophila, which is a largely studied uh, species, they are, they are the same characters, but then couple of genes. They are not. They are func- They are part of the clock. Mm-hmm. They are part of something else. But in mammals, the the other other characters have taken over. So mm-hmm. principally, they are the same. There, it's it's evolutionarily conserved, male- you know, mechanism. So the feedback system is the similar, regardless you talk of yeast. So in yeast, for for instance, there are only three proteins which are important. In yeast. In yeast. Sure. But but if you talk about mammals, the, then are humans, we we know that at least four are there, not and then there are you know varieties of four. And you mean you mean clock proteins, you clock, mean clock proteins. genes. Yeah, sure, sure. So sure. there there are many more because it's more complex system. Hmm. So the the one point um, also I was trying to make that the. And there is a good analogy between physical clock because you brought about something about the molecular anatomic structure. So we don't talk in biology about at atoms. We only talk about molecules. Sure. So sure. because the some one mammals have a very robust clocks or vertebrates. The 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 animals which have brain, they they have this concept of master clock and then you know some hierarchy has hierarchical system they have. Right now. There are twenty thousand neurons approximately. That means the the number of cell generating sites they are many more. And one way of explaining is that it is reduce the noise which is generated in the networking system. So there, if there are more number of molecules, then the standard deviation which is generated because of the networking would be lower and lower. So this is this is just a principle. So the 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 biology has evolved. Much a quiet way in which we are trying to understand other other physical clock, except that it's not always linear. Hmm. Hmm. It's 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 all because it's it's more com. It appears to be more body clocks appear to be a little bit more complex. They don't don't seem to be more linear, but we do use these uh, physical laws to explain our biological clocks. Otherwise, we wouldn't understand them. No, but for example, uh, as far as your understanding of biological clocks, yeah, and even if it is at the level of clock proteins and clock genes, you don't have to think of the atomic level, do you? No, we don't think. But do you think that's something that needs to be done in the future, or there is some kind of a? Is there something to be learned? Is there something to be understood both this way and that? Because there is some kind of periodicity at the level of the atom. I mean, I think it looks like people like Shubhadeep are trying to. Build very very precise clocks, grounds up from the level of the atom or a few atoms which are very similar. So yeah. Is there likely that there is some kind of a very complex, not so well understood phase relationship between, you know, what kind of atoms constitute us and what kind of uh, 
but again one has to be careful about hardware versus software so, because uh, you know the moment you bring in something like genes there is a soft informational angle to the whole thing and it's not yeah. just machines clicking away i mean once we understand how the clock works and that's what uh, we have begun to understand mm-hmm. and the the idea would be how the clock is useful and what can we do about the clock as far as biology is concerned because our idea is not to understand how much precise it is our our idea is how much it is good f- for all of us how can we use it in understanding biology in understanding the the health, about health issues disease issues biomass production uh, so on and so forth how can we use it to ad, uh, uh, to at our advantage rather than how because we we understand that it's a rep, it is cyclic it is precise but if it is precise uh, let's say to the nanosecond or femtosecond level uh, we really are not very i know biologists don't it. care about things like this beyond a yeah. point <laughs> because, because it's, it's 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 a probable so uh, because if you eat food uh, different food you have your less sleep than you have you you different food so so biology is probable so i think i i i, I, I we are we are not really interested that whether there is atom or not no i think the question is <laughs> i think i think the question, the question of granularity so is at yeah. what uh, at what level the biological processes since they anyway have a correction mechanism through this solar day uh the drift is anyway not going to be large and so biological processes also have their it's own it's the equivalent of a pulse yeah the it's the equivalent of there so they so have the, a correctional mechanism uh so they also uh, they don't uh, the 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 very reactive response time is of the order of milliseconds or microseconds so they don't require a very that high granularity when shubhadeep actually talks about requiring very high precision of the order of 10 raised to minus 32 or 33 uh when you're talking about uh, theories of uh, the origin of the universe or and so on and so forth then i think he's talking about somehow preserving the notion of causality mm. so the granularity there should make sure that ca- cause precedes effect and if there are f- very fast processes in which you cannot distinguish if cause and effect occur even simultaneously then there is something wrong with the entire physical um entire physics that you have established You know? yeah so in order to keep your physics sane and still go you need higher and higher granularity for those edges where there might where there is a cause and effect and you want to be able to distinguish the the cause from the effect in terms of time so i think like uh, i mean in continuation with the biological clock and granularity uh, i mean we know the uh, the audible range of frequencies like hundreds of kilohertz if mm-hmm. i'm not wrong is it right hundreds of kilohertz what is the audible yeah, range about, of frequency about 18 kilohertz i think okay let's say 20 well. kilohertz so that kilohertz. means it's like hundreds of microsecond mm-hmm. so for human systems mm-hmm. so that means that is the granularity what you need for the human systems the biological clocks you have to have a synchronization systems on that order hundreds of microsecond and why are you linking it to the audible system because i i mean i'm not a biologist but that is the maximum Uh, frequency i can think of uh, in the biological systems there might be many more which i am not aware of but mm. i am just taking an example like the audible 
range is uh, 20 kilohertz so that corresponds to some 50 microseconds or so so that is the granularity maybe some other system some other uh, living beings they may hear much higher frequency so for them it could be much finer no, I think the, the 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 question, and you know, it's a slightly philosophical one, and I don't think there's a good way to go about it, at least in this discussion, is whether there's time because there are clocks, or there are clocks because there's time. I think that's that's what matters. I I think, and there are all kinds of processes going around, and you know, so you mentioned that you know there's some kind of timekeeping, but again, is it an artifact? I think you, it's I think it's just the fact that there is a change of state, which brings in the notion of time. And if the if there is a change of state, then the most natural physics question is, how did that happen? What is the cause? No, and I think I think the question is that for there to be cause and effect, uh, for there to be states, different states, does it need the notion of time to begin with? Or no, is time just an artifact or a construct that we put on top of this? I I think it has always happened that since time was too abstract a concept, it was always linked to something that was more spatially visible or something that was more periodic uh, or something that happened often enough. Periodic also uh, implicitly assumes that it's equal times, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah I think the periodicity, which, which we cannot guarantee when you yeah. don't know what time is. Periodicity can, cannot be periodicity cannot be every three and a half billion years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's absolutely correct. Like this, is time, the absolute time, what we call t is equals to zero, it's the Big Bang. So there was no clock at that time. So you cannot track, keep track of that time. So for us, for the <laughs> real, I mean, for the daily life, the clock. Or the periodicity is the solar time. That is, the Earth rotates around its own axis. That is the that is the more thing, more easy thing. What we can look every day, what we can find easily. So for us, that is the time. No, but you know, you, in in addition to in addition to that, I would make a distinction between time itself, whether it is uh, fundamental. Th that's precisely the question. Is there such a thing as time itself? Yeah. So whether that is whether that exists, I claim that. Time exists because there's a state change. Uh, yeah, there are state changes. Right. Okay. But the measure of time, that may not be fundamental. All that we are doing is we are keeping measures of time. That's a little bit like saying that does temperature exist? Now, temperature exists because there are processes exist and states exist. Does Is there energy in the world, in, in the universe? Um, so, you know, I think it's so, true. I mean, the the the, 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 the zeroth law of thermodynamics only tells you that there is something called temperature. It does not tell you necessarily how to measure it. So the measurement, unfortunately, requires some anchor. So why don't we end with this? What's the future? What's the future of how precise your clocks can get, Shubhadeep? What's the future? Is there something open in your context, Vinod? Um, in our context, if we understand the biological clock we really understand how can we make a best use of it. What, what do you don't understand at a conceptual level? I mean, or, or is it mostly figured out? I know a lot of this is 50, 60 years old and a lot of you have made excellent progress. Uh, it's not honestly 50, 60 years old. Even the field is not is, is precisely 52 years old. Right. The whole field. <laughs> uh, you mean so the field of chronobiology? The field of chronobiology is only 52 years old and this mm. year Nobel Prize came into this field. 
so we 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 describe still the clock but still we don't know quite as well that how it precisely functions we describe the phenomenon that this is the way time is generated but there are you know every year there are a couple of more molecules are added and subtracted to it so we don't understand the second thing we don't understand how we 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 make lots of notions as he said we make lot of notions that this is how the you know they the big uh, you know animals or plants do the things but we don't know exactly how they do it mm-hmm. and then is how, it knowable yeah it is knowable because once we 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 know different at least you know most of the biology is comparative biology right so one of one way is to know if you know a lot then you make a comparison and make deductions right and and correlations so most of the biology is correlative biology causality yeah. is very little which we we know although we claim all the time but that's what we know very little in biology <laughs> uh, uh, and then once we know we 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 really make a good headway towards the medical science we don't have to really be eating so much antibiotic which we eat this is not necessary mm-hmm. if we know when the pathogens are going to be high and how much dose is going to be required we precisely can can deal with it right but we eat you know 500 mg three times a day and 1500 mg because we don't know when the pathogens are going to high so it's going to be very exciting time because it it is going to be once we understand the bio, biological clocks well we can really start using it. and people have started using it. why the heart attacks happen only at certain time of the day why so and so and the sleep one of the mechanism is sleep so a uh, sleep wake cycle i mean kids are not sleeping very well <laughs> and, and how to make them sleep because we know once you sleep very well everything falls in place so once you understand biological clocks better you understand all the processes better because yeah th- that's how it will be what's the future arun kumar what's the, the future, future? Of, is it likely to be um clock free computing paradigms is it required is it needed because a lot of the synchronization seems very wasteful it seems to need a lot of energy oh yeah it, it does require a lot of energy but you know uh, the the future is that you as long as actually it's like this as long as you have an assumption that there is such a thing known as causality mm-hmm. the notion that there exists time is inescapable the only question is of how to measure it and that is something that the physicists have to so we passing the baton and the we bullet. are going to be outside the physicists create some really accurate stuff that's so we hang out from them and we do our corrections based on our networks so we just we just pass the buck on to shubhadeep and it's his job to make the optical clock happen pretty soon no, it's not just those you know it's also the clocks uh, the um, the materials that are used for example the uh, material science that uh, that is connected with silicon and clocking of Quartz. circuits um the all the yeah, they're all the, the physical properties of, of you mean them. the physicality of transistors the physicality and the integrated circuits and materials the wires silicon gallium arsenide whatever and the physicality of light i mean yeah yeah that yeah. that too yeah so it's all going to be because all of these are sources of delays yeah, and lags and routing it's going to be hinged on that and we we computer scientists are only going to make appropriate corrections That's yes or no so there is a lot of economics involved Mm-hmm. so for instance in couple of country i know of like brazil and others they have delayed the school timing by uh, one and a half hours of the kids right now their scores have improved mm-hmm. 
there are a lot of uh, other things related issues and uh, it, it is think of a situation when you are allowed to do your thing at a time when you really want to do it yeah when are you efficient yeah maybe all of us just wait to synchronize to each other and we yeah, and be, corporate yeah. it is man made as yeah. professor arun kumar pointed out we we create that okay we have to do a 9 to 5 job regardless whether you like or not yeah people are developing there is city coming up in germany called bayern city mm-hmm. so what the guys are doing they are creating where you go you go to school when you want to Mm-hmm. you do the work when you want to you have to do think about such a situation how lovely you know the how in mumbai the metros would be happy once they have the different unless unless Wait till that happens yeah <laughs> what's the future shubhadeep will end with you what's the future i mean uh, uh, how how real are optical clocks i know it kind of exists elsewhere in the world yeah so But it's actually very real i mean where uh, are we on this journey towards planck's time at a clock uh, well, level planck's time that will probably not happen in like next 100 years because of the technology it will slowly evolve probably but we cannot comment on that but i think one decade from now the definition of the second will be defined with respect to the optical clock that mm-hmm. means one second in accuracy over 10 billions of or 14 billions of years something like that mm-hmm. and even there are further technologies also people are trying that is called nuclear clock so mm-hmm. not in terms of electrons but people are going to the new nu- nucleus right. where the systematic effects are even much more smaller right. and the expected is to get into the minus 21 range ptb germany they have already started working on that and claiming that within next 5 to 6 years that they will produce this kind of nuclear clocks but that will be in the research and development state at this moment but how many days out 200 days out if we are in those kind of time zones then obviously pre- presumably we can communicate with other planets no it, that, uh, yeah uh, well yes or no actually you were talking probably <laughs> about the quantum communication right and i mean that is uh, what is the known technology at this moment for Uh, communicating to a far distant uh, places let's say planet or even within the earth also and that would require much more precise timing systems than what we are using at this moment for the communication so right now the communication systems are working uh, on 20 nanosecond 10 nanosecond scale but that would require like a picosecond timing systems and that is why the optical clocks or more precise clocks let's say will be more important good good Thanks to all of you for making it and we look forward to having you soon again. Thanks. Thank you. Good note when this Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We enjoyed this and Thank it was you. a really interdisciplinary right. discussion. <laughs> it was very nice. Thank, Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you.